This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Marisha. How's it going, everybody? And David. Hello. And we are continuing our Pillars of Adventure. Tonight's category is movies, which I think is the one we've secretly all been waiting for. Maybe not so secretly. I think we've all been <laughs> saying all along that we just couldn't wait till it got to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm-hmm. I think that outside of novels, that movies is really where this genre shines. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, so I'm, I, I know that I've got a long list and I, it sounds like my list is the shortest of the three of us. Hmm. So we're going to try to come up with probably our, a, probably a list of 15 to 16 titles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. I, I really feel like where I felt like with the TV action genre, like it's really hard to do. It, it's like, you can have a show where adventure sometimes happens, but it's never the driving force. Almost never. I won't say never, but it's oftentimes the shows are not necessarily adventure shows. They're shows where sometimes adventure happens mm-hmm. where when you get into movies, you get these real adventure stories because you can tell that story. That's you know an hour and a half, two hours long sometimes three and a half hours long and then the adventure's over (laughs) and then, and yeah, and then it's over and, and you move on to the next thing. And, um, what did y'all think is, is you kind of did your homework for this category? Well, I think there's really one big driving question and that is, do, does each Indiana Jones movie by itself deserve a spot? <laughs> right. So for things like Indiana Jones, what we have done, so kind of what we've done in the past with the pillars of fantasy, the pillars of sci-fi, we've had series where the whole series just belonged and we've put it on as one item. Mm-hmm. And we've done that because you could legitimately put at least two of the Indiana Jones movies on this list, but I really think it's the series that belongs. Okay. So I would say that things like Indiana Jones, we probably put the whole series as one item, mostly so that we don't fill the whole list up with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Well, like I said, that, that was the great question. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) That was what I figured, but I just wanted to clarify (laughs) Because clearly yeah. Indiana Jones owns this category. Right. And and I'm sure we'll talk about that one at length because it's a very important one to the genre, even though it's, you know, in film history, it's relatively late. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too important to leave off. But uh, David, like as you kind of prepared your list, did you have any thoughts on the genre in movies? Yeah. So what I noticed I was kind of having to do. So when it came to TV, 
I was kind of having to stretch the definition of adventure to to right. get mm-hmm. good right. shows on that list. While with this, I found myself trying really hard to limit that definition mm-hmm. and get one strict so that I could not end up with what could have been easily like 30 shows on my list that I got down to 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, 30 movies. Mm-hmm. And I also found myself of being really, really passionate about this. I might be more passionate about what is and isn't on this list more than any other thing we've done because I realized while doing all this that I was like, wow, I've actually like seen 99% of these movies and really love all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think even more so than with... The, the history of this genre is a little different than the genres we've done previously. Mm-hmm. It's it's more constant. It's more consistent. Uh, it, it the the genre hasn't like had these big huge shifts like sci-fi has, mm-hmm. or really even fantasy, where basically fantasy is all gauged on pre-talking and post-talking mm-hmm. for literature for sure. And so. Uh, this is a really good category, and that definition that we started with in that first episode, it, it's these these so many of these movies they just fit that definition so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's jump right into it. And uh, Marisha, I will give you first shot tonight. You're giving me first shot. Okay. Well, again, I think there's only one right first entry into this genre the first entry into this genre is the quintessential action adventure series is indiana jones right i agree with that it it is it's the it's sort of when we did fantasy and we talked about lord of the rings whether it be Mm -hmm. movies or literature it's kind of the pinnacle of the genre right it's where all the things that all the whole history of the genre built up, and this is like, this is where it all comes together mm-hmm. in probably its most perfect form. And everything after it is defined by it. Everything after it is just trying to be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everything, but but a lot of but things. even it things is... that aren't direct imitations are defined by in any adventure thing it's like is right. is defined by Indiana Jones after that yeah um i mean great great character who has just kind of become part of the american mythology mm-hmm. elijah's new favorite yeah that's right we showed the kids indiana jones for the <laughs> first time and elijah's nice. obsessed Yes, he's a That's big great. fan. Big fan. Yeah. Um, David, I know you got yep. thoughts on Indy. Yeah, I think Indiana Jones is pretty timeless, uh, being so set in history mm-hmm. um, that that it'll always be interesting because history is his. It's something that will be taught uh, and learned about, and so that makes it timeless. And the character itself. Uh, is timeless and is going to appeal to children for many generations to come. I think, I think the casting is perfect. Uh, I love the action. I love the story. The thing about these, at least the first three movies, they're all really good movies, which mm-hmm. is what's 
which is probably a big reason that it has stood the test of time is because you they yes they are like iconic and whatever but like they're actually good and yeah. iconic and good are two different things right. that's true and they're and that and, and indiana jones is both mm-hmm. um i think it's really cool that uh the kids are loving it because like i loved indiana jones uh I've often seen him described as the American James Bond, um, as I'm sure like the same way that many people feel about James Bond is how I'm sure many Americans feel about Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the movies. It's some of the first movies I ever saw. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's a no brainer for this, this whole pillars list has been kind of based around, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And if you're interested in hearing an entire episode of Indiana Jones, look back in our catalog. We will have a link. Yeah, I'll drop the link here. in the description. We did a whole episode with Roe from the Scarif podcast yes. on Indiana Jones. You can hear all the thoughts. Um, this is just a short version. <laughs> but... Like you said, Indiana Jones has stood the test of time, and I don't really see that ending anytime soon. Um, The character is larger than life. It's, you know, so you have all that, and then the movies are, are, they're exciting, and they're fun, and they're, they're so rewatchable. I mean, you can just watch those movies over and over and over again. But really the thing is, is something that only a handful of things on any of our lists have done. Um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea being one of them, where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was really critical in kind of inspiring the first generation of astronauts. Mm-hmm. How many people have become archaeologists because of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I've actually watched documentaries where they've kind of discussed that at some length. It's like, I mean, on on the one hand, Indiana Jones is not what archaeology is really like. But on the other hand, the number of people that choose to go into archaeology because of Indiana Jones. I mean, it's not an accident that Josh Gates traipses around the world wearing a fedora. Right. You know, I mean... He, it's 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 very intentional that that explorer kind of um, trope is just it's part of the the cultural awareness. It's just part of who we are here yep. now. And so I think because of its effect on it, it's one of the biggest, and I think it's kind of the big one on our list. Just like Lord of the Rings was with mm-hmm. fantasy, it, it's the big one on our list because it has inspired other movies it has inspired filmmakers and it has inspired real life people to go into this very important field of study mm-hmm. yeah um and and it's also it's one of those that in the same way that things get onto the fantasy list solely for being an inspiration for lord of the rings and things get onto the sci-fi list for having been an inspiration to um, Star Wars things make it on to the uh, the adventure list because they were one of the inspirations for Indiana Jones. Yeah. All right. So Indiana Jones is the first entry on the list. David, what do you have first? 
this is really difficult to pick what comes first because so many of them are so important to me. But I got to get the ones of the way that like they this has to be on the list, no doubt. Um, what I have written here is the Fellowship of the Ring, but I, I think we can just say the Lord of the Rings franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Hobbit specifically in the literature. Uh, part of this pillars and mm-hmm. we've talked about lord of the rings a ton on this show especially during the the fantasy pillars but i still think it belongs right here just another entry uh from tolkien on one of our pillars lists because it deserves it um and specifically i put fellowship of the ring because that movie is it's one of my favorite movies ever i think it's one of the best movies ever made absolutely and that whole series is the quintessential adventure. Um, So it has to be the Lord of the Rings franchise. I adore those movies. It is the perfect definition of the adventure. Just like we talked about with the Hobbit. Um, I think that in that, if anything has been close to as influential as Indiana Jones, it was Lord of the Rings. Uh, If you look at every fantasy series that has come out, since Lord of the Rings, since the Lord of the Rings movies, mm-hmm. they've all been trying to be the next Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They yeah. all have these adventures, and, and most of them are just not as interesting uh, of adventures as, as the Lord of the Rings. They don't manage to capture that same spirit of we're going on an adventure that you get whenever Sam and Frodo and Merry and Pippin, you know, start traipsing through the Shire, you know, like there's nothing quite. And and I, and I agree as much as I love all, all the movies that that first one is just because you get the perfect look at, at at life and it, and it was, it was good and it was simple. And then you really get into, I mean, they, they, the adventure pretty much goes up to 10 as soon as, um, as they get, get started. So yeah, definitely. And again, at, risk of pitching a little too much if you want to hear us talk a lot more about lord of the rings we're going to be talking about Tolkien the entire month of april and we will spend at least one episode talking just movies so uh stay tuned for when exactly that's going to be yep um yeah the the lord of the rings again another one that you can't leave off the list i mean it's it's one of those i mean Adventure is one of those things that really spans across genres, mm-hmm. and we you know we see it in fantasy and sci-fi and westerns and and all these other other war movies and and all these other genres and it, it's you know the the camaraderie mm-hmm. in the adventure that that you get in that and. The fact that it's it's based, I mean, it's it's loosely based on this whole kind of brothers in arms mm-hmm. thing that he experienced in World War One. Yeah, it's not just you know people talk you know about the relationship between Frodo and Sam, and it's that that brothers in arms like your lives depend on each other. He wrote about that particular condition of humanity maybe as well as as anybody's ever done it. Yeah. I think so. A lot of writers, you know, explore lots of different kinds of dynamics, but as far as just the 
the friendship and the, the the brothers in arms dynamic. Yeah, he he really, and and like you said, clearly, um, a lot of it based just in his own experience. Right. You know what World War One was a very chummy kind of endeavor. You know you're you're not just stuck. You know, looking into the face of death with people, you're stuck in trenches and you know literally on top of each other. So it's a and, and it's always interesting to see writers really um kind of and and actors and 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 movie makers really brings those really kind of personal dynamics to a story it's it's special yeah all right so that's our second entry on the list and i'm going to go ahead and throw out i i feel like this one's a super obvious obvious one um unlike these though i'm going to I'm going to restrict it to one movie out of the series. Okay. Even though I think the others kind of do it. There's one movie in this series that fits the the letter of the definition of what is an adventure story. And that is Star Wars A New Hope. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I literally have the exact same thing of Star Wars in brackets. A New Hope, yeah. specifically. And, you know, I think that you could you could call the whole series an adventure series, and you could say the same thing. But I, I feel like the adventure, because, because A New Hope was meant to, is the only one of those movies that was meant to stand alone, mm-hmm. that was made in a way that it's a movie by itself and you don't need a second one. Mm-hmm. I think that that allows that one to just fit the full definition of what an adventure story needs to be. Mm-hmm. Where the others, there is certainly that aspect of adventure, but it's not necessarily the driving force anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially in your first installments of all your your trilogies. Right. But I kind of feel like with, with Lord of the Rings... I really, you know, the, the the adventure just keeps ramping up. The Hobbit, same thing. The adventure just keeps ramping up as you go. Mm-hmm. But with A New Hope, you have this perfect little movie all by itself mm-hmm. that doesn't need to go anywhere else. It's, it's fine mm-hmm. all on its own. Mm-hmm. And it tells that story of adventure from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And... That that's my choice for my first pick. Yeah, I think that's a great one. It's a good and pick, I, and I agree. All right, all right, Marisha, that brings us back around to you. Okay. Um. So, hmm. It's always see. I have a problem with these lists, and like I can never decide if the most important ones to bring up first are the ones that are dearest to my heart or the ones that are kind of like early, you know, genre defining. All right. I'm going to go for something a little more obscure, but, um, and I'll leave the low hanging fruit for somebody else on another round. Unless nobody else gets it, then I'm taking (laughs) it. All right. So, um, I think that, there are a couple of really old movies that I think 
are kind of defining. So I'm going to pull out Gunga Den, which is based on a poem by Rudyard Kipling. The movie starred Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and uh, Cary Grant. Now, it should be given, a disclaimer should be given that um, there are definitely... There are definitely some issues with this movie from a modern point of view, as far as casting, uh, casting very white actors and very clear makeup is is Indians and things like that. But it is still very influential at, for the things that came after. In fact, it was um, Ryan Johnson said that when he went to make The Last Jedi, this was on the list of movies that he was told he needed to watch before he made a Star Wars movie. Interesting. Um, so basically the premise is that these British army sergeants um, who are in India in the 1800s, along with their native water bearer, Gunga Din, the, who is the, the story is named for, they go on this telegraph repair mission and they unearth evidence of a an evil cult and they find a secret gold temple and fortune hunters, it's a whole thing. Um, in fact, some of the the scenes from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom are apparently taken directly from this movie. Some of the um, some of the elements of that movie. So, like I said, it's one that hasn't really it hasn't been talked about a lot. Um, since, since then, it's, it's kind of one that was forgotten, but it was very popular when it was, again, in, in case you're not a old Hollywood movie nerd, Douglas Fairbanks was like the original, like you could say if you're talking like early silent, uh, era movies, you could say Douglas Fairbanks is adventure movies. I mean, he was the, he was the first Robin Hood um, on the silver screen. He was, or, or the first really big, famous Robin Hood. Um, and so Douglas Fairbanks being in, in this movie was kind of, you know, a, a continuation of his role anyway, that way. Um, so like I said, it's, it's not one that gets talked about a lot, but it is an important precursor to things that came after. Okay. Interesting one. David, you got any thoughts on Gunga Din? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but I think that from just from your description alone that uh, I, I'm happy with it being on the list. All right, David, what have you got next? So next it's another thing where it's like, do I want to go for this low hanging fruit or do I want to get some that are kind of important to me? But then are the ones important to me? Like, do I want to be selfish or not? Um, but I'm not going to be, and I'm going to go with the princess bride. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. It is one of the most rewatchable movies of all time. It is one of the best fantasy movies of all time. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. It is one of the most heartwarming movies of all time. It's one of the coolest movies of all time. Has some of my favorite action scenes of all time. It's it is a perfect film in my mind. 
and is an excellent adventure movie for multiple characters uh, mm-hmm. going on their own little mini adventures that culminates in, in, in the big overall plot, which I think is really interesting. Um, I love that each and every character is very fleshed out and, and they all have their own goals that they are working towards that are very clear. Um, and, and that takes them on this adventure, this wonderful fantasy world. It, it is just a brilliant film. The only complaint I have about the Princess Bride is there aren't enough female characters for all of my children to cosplay. Because alas, it would be the Fair perfect enough. cosplay movie. <laughs> but it is still... I should cosplay Dread Pirate Roberts. That'd be awesome. <gasps> yes, you should cosplay Dread Pirate Roberts. That would be so fun. That would be very fun. You know what? I'm going to a pirate convention uh, in a month, and I have an outfit, but I might just completely scrap it and go uh, get stuff to make a Dread Pirate Roberts outfit. That's perfectly fair. And, I mean, that's a perfectly legitimate solution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it should be pointed out that Gunga Din was one of novelists and screenwriters for The Princess Bride's favorite movies, and the movie is mentioned by name in the... Um, uh, geez, introduction and the introduction for the Princess Bride. So my movie was an influence for oh. your movie. So there. <laughs> no, the Princess Bride really is is one of those just perfect kind of fairy tale adventure films. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it it nails everything. It almost it almost creates its own genre. It does. It's yes. And then is the perfect movie within that genre. It is. And it's the perfect movie for kids. It's the perfect movie. What is it like the joke that was like, I want to watch a romance, Princess Bride. I want to watch an adventure film, Princess Bride. I want to watch a fantasy, Princess Bride. It's like it watch it, a comedy. it wins at everything. It's the perfect movie for kids and for parents and for grandparents to read to their grandkids. And mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes was just the most incredibly swashbuckling hero. I mean... Well, he's done a number of those roles, and he's the closest thing there's ever been to a second coming of Errol Flynn. Absolutely. He he is like if Errol Flynn and Douglas Fairbanks had been born 50 years later, that would be Carrie Elwes. Right. Except maybe not as funny. I don't know. He's pretty. He's pretty funny. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, he's one of my f- good selection. Um, yeah, one of my favorite characters of all time is the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yes. So good. Yeah. I mean, it is such a phenomenal cast, and it's and and so many things. It's like every time you watch it, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And you sit there the whole time going, oh, this is the best scene of the movie. And then five minutes later, you're going, this mm-hmm. is the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, there's just the, the stuff with Billy Crystal. I mean, <laughs> if you've never gone and watched the outtakes from billy crystal's stuff you really really need to it is they had to cut it out of the movie it wasn't appropriate for the movie Mm -hmm. but it is hysterical he basically just went with it and just both of them did and they just 
just ran with that whole scene and just went on and on and on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard the stories. Mm-hmm. So freaking funny. Yep, just the best thing. All right. Well, I'm going to pull out one here that it, it probably will seem a little odd for my choice for the list, but I think it has to be on here. And that's The Wizard of Oz. It was on my list, too. I think you're right. Me, too. It is, again, it's, you can read that definition that we gave in the first episode of what defines the genre. And that's not the, the like, this is the only definition of what an adventure film is, but it, it is one of the most accepted definitions. And I think it's from the encyclopedia of the genre. Um, you can read that definition and it describes Mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz. And yep. Yeah. And um, it's the quintessential version of that story is the movie. Absolutely. And the, but just not just that, like the things it did for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the actors that are in it are all incredible and really important to the history of film. Mm-hmm. It, it's some more tragically than others, but right. still. But it, it is a, it, it's one of those that has inspired everything that's come after it. It's just an incredibly important film, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a wonderful film at that. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, one of the most timeless movies ever made, I think. Yeah. I got sure. that reference. I understood. Yeah, we talked about that on trivia. I understood that reference. Uh, I believe, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it is the most referenced movie of all time. Oh, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Not at all. All right, Marisha, that brings us back around to you for your third pick. No, they, oh, you're right. It is me. No, okay. No. Yeah. It all is right. You. All right. All right. All right. Um. Okay. So, somebody took the Princess Bride as as they ought to have. Let's see. Um, all right. So, last time I made the cinematically significant choice. This time I'm going with a sentimental choice. Um, and I'm going with, and I'm going to make a case for it because it's so modern comparatively but i'm going to go with uh pirates of the caribbean and the uh mm-hmm. the curse of the black pearl is that the name of the first movie mm-hmm. yep. yep so if we're going with on my list as well okay so you know will turner he's just there and minding his own business being a uh Smith, blacksmith. The blacksmith, and not getting any credit. And here come these old pirates. They make life difficult and gets whisked off on an adventure. It's just a whole thing. I mean, and what's more adventurous than pirates? Pirates are like the most adventuresome mm-hmm. thing, right? And, okay, so I don't think we have to make a case for the movie's content being an adventure story, but... It is very new comparatively. However, as I have had to come to grips with, just because the movie came out when I was a teenager doesn't mean that it's really actually new. Um, It's about the same age, I guess, as Lord of the Rings, right? So 
But it's one of those movies, man. It's one of those movies that... How many of them have they made now? Like a (laughs) hundred? I think like literally six. They've made a lot of them. And I mean, how often can you take a ride? I just kind of a throwaway ride at Disney World as much as anything at Disney's throwaway and, and make this incredible franchise from it. It's really something. And it has been really influential in the things that came after it. And not to mention the, not only the uh, 500 sequels that it spawned. So that's my next installment. Yeah. And the character of Catherine Jack Sparrow hmm. uh, is one of the most iconic characters in film He's history. He's such a now, rogue. I think. He's yeah. such a rogue. Well, somebody had posted on on Twitter a while back about, you know, is there any, who were they talking about? Was it, you know, character themes? Darth Vader, right? Is there any character theme more iconic than mm-hmm. the Imperial March? And I was like, he's a pirate. It's like, yeah, yeah the Imperial March is incredibly iconic. But at this point, He's a pirate is one of the best things ever written for a character. Which is weird because mm. like from a like music music snob point of view, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things that it was the the, the that would theme was written by William Zimmerman, but the rest of the score was just cobbled together by like you know, random like film stock footage and that kind of just like, all that kind of stuff. And so like the soundtrack from from that kind of like who gets credit for it is kind of a nightmare, but it's so great. It is so great. Yeah. Ugh. Amen. Like sure. I am feeling you on a like spiritual level right there. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll move along before people start passing out. Uh, David, that brings us to your third choice. Gosh, dang it. Where do I even, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I want to be a little selfish here because there are a couple that I that I have that I'm like, I, I don't know if this will be on y'all's list, and it needs to be on the list just for me, just because I'm I'm contributing. I got to do this. And this is a bit of a different one. And for the sake of diversity, here's another reason I want this on the list is because this is supposed to encapsulate things, right? Mm-hmm. right. So for the sake of diversity, I think we need an animated feature on this. And in fact, I think that the first ever Pixar movie belongs on this list. I'm talking Toy ah, Story. Excellent. Mm. Yes, this was, this is a bit of a wild card here, but um, what a incredible movie that has spawned three sequels that are all also really, really, really freaking good that follow the adventures of these toys. And, it's so different. It's such a creative idea. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, in the fantasy genre. It's not sci-fi. It's about toys. Like that's so creative and fun, and also so heart. It becomes so heartwarming mm-hmm. and important. And the themes of these movies might be deeper than than themes of most of the movies we're talking about here, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really interesting because it's an animated movie about toys. Right. Um, it really kickstarted the first Toy Story film. Really kickstarted the now um, renaissance of 
3D animation. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, there's like the Disney Renaissance, but like now we don't have pretty much every animated movie that has come out since Toy Story does not exist without Toy Story. Um, yeah. Not to mention just Pixar movies in general. Some of the other best adventure movies of all time have been Pixar, such as The Incredibles or Up. Um, mm-hmm. And while I'd love to have those list i mean personally incredibles is my favorite pixar movie but i think that toy story is is the foundation of all of that so you have buzz mm-hmm. and woody they get lost um outside mm-hmm. of of their home and they have to make their way back home and they learn to be friends it's like lord of the rings almost man it's mm-hmm. about like companionship and friendship and finding your place in the world and mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful franchise and I think it'd be so much fun to have it on the list uh, along with all these other movies, because I think it is just as important. Yeah. Yeah, And you know me, you know, I love to put some animated stuff on the list. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and animated belongs and I, for sure. And I've actually got one on my list that I'm not sure is going to make it into my top five. And I'm just going to go ahead and mention, do you have anything animated on your list? No, but now that you started talking, I feel like up kind of might really deserve to be. There's an older one. Okay. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. You know, I do have something animated on my list. I have Peter Pan. Okay. Disney's Peter Pan. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, that may, I may come back around to that. I right now, because, and that is a very old one, but I've got another one here that I just, I feel like I've got to go ahead and put on the list while I've got room. And I'm going to do this one first and we'll see if I have room to squeeze Pinocchio in here because I do think it's an important one. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an important one in the history of animated features for sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and say Seven Samurai. Yeah, it's definitely got to be there. It's one of the most influential movies ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, It inspired things, you know, no, no Kurosawa, no George Lucas, at least not making mm-hmm. Star Wars isn't Star Wars without Seven Samurai mm-hmm. and in a whole bunch of other movies he made. But this one really fits that, you know, embodies that sense of adventure that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that, <clears throat> man, I lose my voice. It's one that is, you know, People do versions of this story. I mean, The Magnificent Seven is a modern Western retelling of The Seven Samurai. Both versions of The Magnificent Seven, right? Right. Um, and, and a whole bunch of others. I mean, they straight up did Seven Samurai. They didn't have seven characters, but they straight up did Seven Samurai in season one of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. The, the scene where they go to the village and teach the villagers to fight and... That's, you know, how many movies have you seen that in? Mm-hmm. That's that's straight out of Seven yeah. Samurai. Yep. Um, it, it's an incredibly important film, and I think that it embodies what we're looking for uh, within the adventure genre. So that's, that's my third pick, is Seven Samurai. Great. Yep, I think it's got to be on there. Uh, Marisha, that brings us back to you. That brings us back to me. Okay, so there is another one that um, kind of in my research, it's not one that I've seen, but it's one that consistently came up in the conversation about 
the best um, adventure films ever made. And especially as a um, kind of early capstone, you know, for the genre. And that is The Treasure of Sierra Madre from 1948. Mm -hmm. Humphrey Bogart submerges himself in character in this oscar-winning western adventure so basically it's a, a western which of course we we've kind of discussed that a lot of westerns kind of fit this but not only is it a western it's a tale about a bunch of cowboys blinded by greed for gold and um the reviewer for this article who i don't remember who it is but um it's it's one that the kind of themes you get picked up in Star Wars, Indiana Jones, things like that. It's a apparently an important one that I need to go now watch. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Yeah, I've always wanted to watch it. I, I need to get the chance to do so and finally find a place to find, find finally find a place where I can because mm-hmm. uh, it sounds something like something I'd really love. Yeah, no, that that's a great one, and and I didn't have it on my list, but it, it certainly is a great entry. Um, you know, like I said, it's not one. It, I always kind of hate to put things that I'm not really familiar with on the list, but it seemed like this one and uh, Gunga Den both are were kind of important to the development of how the genre went as far as movies. So there we go. All right, David, your fourth entry. We ain't got a lot left. Oh, man. Uh, uh, okay, this is going to have to turn into just a lot of shout-outs, um, I guess. Well, we'll, uh, we'll so make I gotta some pitches this. at the end. I mean, I'm okay with going up a little higher, but we may break the format up a little bit after we do our five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Actually, we've gotten a pretty good uh, – I think everything I've really, really wanted – Okay. What I think, okay, I got to pick what I think actually belongs in the list, and that is Jurassic Park. Mm. Yes, that was on my list. We talked about it on uh, on our sci-fi list, um, and I think it fits perfectly here, too. Uh, some of the most iconic music and visuals in film history. Like I've said before, the same way that I imagine people felt after leaving Star Wars A New Hope is how the next generation felt after leaving the theater watching Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals are still stunning today. The All the scenes with the dinosaurs and, and the characters' reactions, it's so wonderful. So full of wonder and, and fun, and, and it piques your interest and curiosity in ways that very few films do. And it is... An incredible film. I th- the first Jurassic Park is is an all time classic, and I think will be timeless. And I think that's a big theme with a lot of these adventure movies and and just adventure media in general is it's it's timeless. Yeah, and I and, think Jurassic Park is definitely that. And we we actually have that one on our sci fi list as well, hmm. and and yeah. we've talked about it, and and I think we were all kind of in agreement that you know you can't you can't not include this in the list when it fits the definition because it, it changed filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It, it changed filmmaking a lot like a new hope did in 1977, as far mm-hmm. as the techno, the, the technology 
behind making mm-hmm. movies. It's a benchmark movie. Absolutely. In every way. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it still looks better than a lot of movies that come out today. <laughs> it does. And you can look at the adventure different ways, but I think the adventure is really, you know, everybody's on it. But I think, you know, the kids, the two kids that are swept up in this whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And man, what a great movie. Yeah. All right. Well, you picked that one. So that's going to let me, because that was on my list. And that's really where I was probably going to go next because I thought that it was so important. That's going to allow me to go back and grab something else that I was a little afraid was going to get left off. Um, you can't make a list about adventure movies without an Errol Flynn movie. Ah, uh, yes. Which one are you pulling out, love? I'm going to, there are two, and there are two that are just the quintessential Errol Flynn movies. They're, they're always considered his best two pieces of work. Mm-hmm. One of them is considered the pinnacle of his work, and it's the one that is named every single time, and that's The Adventures of Robin Hood. With good reason. It is one of the best swashbuckling movies ever made. Yeah. But the other one, you know, he he also did uh, Captain Blood, which is just Mm -hmm. right up there with it. And that one you get the real, that's the one you always see pictures from. Mm-hmm. The the pirate film with Errol Flynn as a pirate, and that's the inspiration for the Dread Pirate Roberts. Mm-hmm. Which is fun because Carrie Elwes did the Dread Pirate Roberts, and also did Robin Hood. And Robin Hood, yeah, right. And so what was actually on my list was um I've never I've never seen uh uh this movie. So what was actually on my list was Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> that was going to be a pitch later, but I think I'm just happy for Robin Hood to be yes uh, on, on the list. Robin, Robin Hood, Men in Tights is totally like an irreverent retelling of this story, this this movie this specifically. Movie. Like the whenever he saunters in there with the deer <laughs> over his shoulders, that that scene is taken <laughs> directly from the Adventures of Robin Hood. That is that no, is, it's a it's a boar, isn't it? It's something. It's a deer in the in the Errol Flynn version. What is it that Carrie Elwes has on his shoulders? And I, I think it must be a deer because it's the 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 uh, sheriff can't get his word straight trying to say you dare kill a king's deer yeah. <laughs> okay, in the yeah. king's forest. Yeah. And <laughs> that is literally one of my favorite moments in any comedy ever and maybe in any movie ever when he just walks in like he owns the place and then just very casually just slams this deer down on the banquet table. Yeah. <laughs> like knocks everything off. It's just... But you should totally go back and watch The Adventures of Robin Hood from 1938, and you will have a lot more appreciation for Carrie Elwes's spot-on impersonation of Errol Flynn as Robin Hood. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, both of these movies are, are incredibly important to the genre, but being able to pick one of them here, I'm going to go with The Adventures of Robin Hood. Well, good. Now, that was going to be my next pick. Um all right. Well, we're back to you. We're back for your to me. fifth pick. For my fifth pick. All right. So, hmm. Okay. Now, here's one that I am shocked and appalled that neither one of you have pulled out yet. You want to guess what it is? I'm very proud of my list so far. What you got? Goonies isn't on your list, love. Goonies what is wrong with you? So, <laughs> here's the thing with my list is 
it, it absolutely is one of the best adventure movies of all time. Period. I was trying really, really hard to not have, like, I was trying to have as few movies post-1980. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I was born in 1980. So that's kind of my benchmark of, like, if it came out after I was born, then it's... Then it's new. Then it's new-ish. Yeah. If it came out before I was born, then, you know, and really, I mean, I always start my research. For movies, I always start my research in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Well, I pulled out two obscure movies from the 30s and 40s, so I'm going with Goonies next. However, I've only seen Goonies once, so I feel like y'all probably have a lot more to say about Goonies than I do. But I mean, it's never say die. It's got the pirates. It's got the 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 search, and it's got it. it it's again, though, it's been really influential in the things that came after. Like, I mean, Stranger Things is such a Goonies homage, you know, and and a yeah. lot of things have kind of a lot of you know. You don't watch as much kids entertainment as I do. Because somehow I'm always one who gets watched stuck in mo- stuck watching movies with the kids while you're working, but a lot of kids movies have kind of tried to recapture that kind of feel. Um, so why don't y'all talk about the Goonies for a minute? Because like I said, I, I have a feeling you'll have more to say about it than I do. Um, I mean, you know, you're talking about a a fantastic adventure story that you know, has been influential. It launched the careers of so many great actors, including Thanos. Was Josh Brolin in that? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it did launch his career. But yeah, Josh Brolin is in that movie. He's the older brother. Oh my gosh. Um, That's crazy. Sean Astin and uh, River Phoenix and uh, (laughs) Jack Bauer. River Phoenix wasn't in that one. River, oh, I'm thinking Stand By Me. Yeah, which is another great one. Um, which may also belong on the list, but I have never seen it, so I can't really speak to it. It, it came up on lots of my list, but so did some weird things. So No, it's it's a great movie. It was that, you know, kids, really kind of kids genre, but it, it you know. It, it's it funny, hit, kids movies in the 80s would never fly as kids movies now. That's, that is true. <laughs> Like, I wasn't allowed to hear a lot of those words when I was a kid. <laughs> but it, it's, in a lot of ways, is kind of the quintessential 80s mm-hmm. adventure movie. Yep. You know, not that, there, not that there aren't others in the 80s. There's actually quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came really, really close to making a pitch for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, and, and those are worth mentioning because they are, they they fit the genre to a T. And they were great movies. They were really incredibly popular movies. That's funny. But The Goonies is a great entry. Yeah. And The Goonies is just very, like, very Indiana Jones-esque kind of going, that kind of vibe going there. Yeah. Okay, because I'm not going to lie. Like, for me, the definition of adventure... Uh, stories is like Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. But see, Fair I'm surprised enough. so far you don't appear to have, and I, it's not on my list for the same reason Goonies wasn't because I had really already kind of done a modern movie. You don't have back to the future on your list. 
Mm, that's true. That's oh, another great one. There are too many good ones, Back man. Back to the Future. Back to the Future is like my favorite movie. But again, I was thinking more like, you know, gold, searching for gold kind of adventure mm -hmm. movies than like, you know, going weird places adventure movies. But yeah, Back to the Future, man. I just love me some Back to the Future. All right, David, your fifth entry. All right. So... I want to go a direction with this. Okay. Um, I really want a war movie to be on this yep. list. Mm -hmm. um, do we have one yet that I missed here? No, we don't. I mean, not a, not a straight up war movie. No. No, I mean like. Right. Yeah. I have a I have two that I've kind of narrowed it down to, and I, I'm gonna throw both of them out to you and see what you guys think. All right. I've got The Hunt for Red October and Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. Hmm. I haven't seen and The Hunt there for are some, Red I hear, October. There are some older movies that like might actually be better because they're I, – I haven't seen them though. I've actually seen Saving Private Ryan. So I, I know that there are movies that definitely inspired that though that came out long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the two that came to my mind. Bridge Over the River least. Kwai showed up a few times on, on my. Yeah. But again, I haven't seen it. I mean, the Dirty Dozen, you know, is, is kind of in that vein. There's a few others, but. Um, so, but Saving Private Ryan may be the quintessential. I think Saving going Private Ryan. Right. Saving Private expedition. Ryan absolutely 100% changed the way people made war movies. Yep. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that you can. Hunt for Red October is a fantastic movie. I don't know if you can say that about Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. That was just I, I love that movie, but it, it's a it's a it's a very I I consider it an adventure. It's a very 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 different like feeling adventure because you know they're in a submarine. Like it's it's mm -hmm. it's weird and different. But that's also kind of why I threw it on my long list. Because it was so different from anything that else that would possibly be on the list, mm -hmm. um, so I guess I would narrow that down to Saving, Saving Private Ryan, and that is like the quintessential war movie. But if you think that we should pick one of the older movies, no, no, that, I think I think that for what we're trying to do, I, I think that there are others that certainly influenced Saving Private Ryan, but but I it's don't a benchmark. Know, I don't know that any movie can be considered a war epic in the same vein as Saving Private Ryan. If I'm making this list, or if you're listening to this and doing research because you're making this list 20 years later, 1917 probably kicks, you know, probably bumps Saving Private Ryan down a notch because it's, I think that it kind of takes that same thing and maybe even does it even better. But it's yeah, I I'd thought about that, but it's so recent. It's so it's way too recent to, for me to want to put it on this list. Yeah, that was my thought because I as well. I really feel like part of what puts a movie on this list is how it holds influences up. well how it holds up how it influences the future of film. Mm -hmm. I mean that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the pillars, the things that have elevated the the genre, the things that that hold up the modern genre and I yeah saving private Ryan is a perfect film to put in that spot. Yep. I think you're right. 
dope. Okay, I just think that it uh, that some kind of war movie needed to be on there. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was my fifth one. Yep. All right, so I'm having a really, really hard time making a decision on my last one. I think I'm going with one. I can't remember if this is on the fantasy list or not. Um, I might have put something else sort of like it. And I, I'm, I'm wrestling between a few that I've got here on my list, and they're all sort of related and inspired. I'm going to go ahead and do I this know. one. It's the seventh voyage of Sinbad. Okay, yeah, Sinbad. Uh, yeah, I, I've never seen it, but I've read about about it. It's straight up adventure. It's kind of kind of like the you know the Odyssey. You're going. You're fighting all these mythical creatures, and it was incredibly important to film in a lot of the same ways that like Pinocchio would have been for animation. This was a huge full color widescreen stop motion adventure movie. Hmm. Um, it is easily one of the best stop motion films ever made and probably one of the most important in that like subgenre, as well as just being a really, really fun adventure film. It's a lot in the line of, of the Odyssey, the Iliad, but it really has a lot of, it, it's not Greek. No, but it's it's it's, kind of it's, a, it's a, he's he's like it's it's very Islamic. The story is very Islamic. Well, it, it, it's I think that it's actually from the One Thousand and One Nights books, which we have on our fantasy list because mm-hmm. it was such a critical book. And I, I think that you know this was this is straight out of A Thousand and One Nights, mm-hmm. which is you know it's on our fantasy list. It's 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 a very important piece of literature. Um, the other one that I had that I was kind of wrestling back and forth with, with the seventh voyage of Sinbad, and the reason I said they're connected, the other one I have is the Thief of Baghdad. Ah, uh, yeah, which is which actually predates this by about twenty years. Yeah, but we have movies kind of like that, and I, I really I think wanted the to put Thief of Baghdad is on our fantasy list, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm going the seventh voyage of Sinbad for my fifth. All right. So that brings us to 15. Does anybody have anything else that they feel really, really needs to be on this list? I, this is so, I'm going to give some shout outs. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, To the ones that I'm not passionate about them being on the list, but then I have a couple that I think that like might be ones. I'm not, this is just this shout out. Um, I thought I think I threw out North by Northwest was on my long list. Um, mm-hmm. I had Mad Max. I had the James Bond franchise. Uh, just for fun, I had National Treasure and the Mummy. <laughs> the Mummy um, was on my on my my mm-hmm. long list. But I think if we have Indiana Jones, we don't need the Mummy. Yeah. Um, I'd also considered uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I. This I don't think this belongs on the list, but I think it's, it's just funny. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles was a funny one that came to mind for me. Uh, trying to get home for Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, that's a hilarious. As a movie. comedy adventure, I I couldn't argue with that one. Mm-hmm. Then uh, also my my long list was Back to the Future and Spider Man. 
the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie because uh. to me that is the I'm, I'm not I'm not going to argue that that should be on the list, but um, to me personally that is the ultimate adventure, the music, the story, the everything, the every man who becomes a superhero and, and just oh I love it. Um, which actually now I think we don't have a superhero movie on the list, so maybe there should be an argument for a superhero movie on the list. Yeah. Um, I also uh, strongly considered instead of doing Toy Story, I strongly considered Shrek. Mm-hmm. Strongly considered Shrek. But the one movie that I think genuinely, like, I'm gonna put it out there and say this needs to be on the list, and I, I can't imagine it without is um and the thing is i didn't think about this until we were in the middle of recording this and i'm like how did i miss this it is the animated film the prince of egypt oh that's an excellent movie it's an excellent movie the story of Mm -hmm. um um moses moses yeah i I lost his name i was thinking joseph i'm like it's not joseph Mm -hmm. it's moses it's the other one Um, in egypt yeah yeah, the other yeah, uh, the Prince of Egypt is a fantastic movie. It is beautifully animated. The story is so enriching and wonderful and and emotional. It's just the whole story of the life of Moses is it's it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And the voice cast, is I think great it's one too. of the best. The voice cast is amazing, and I think it's one of the best animated movies of all time. It is an excellent one. Although, for pulling out Moses, it's hard to beat the Ten Commandments. Have you ever seen the Ten Commandments with uh, Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner? I don't think I don't, I don't think I've seen that. No, David. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Oh, you're you're one to talk. <laughs> you haven't seen anything. You ever seen Terminator? No, but I've seen the Ten Commandments. I've seen all the Bible <laughs> movies, David. Come on now. Let's think this through. <laughs> all right. So, Prince of Egypt, I'm, on, I'm putting it on the list as your sixth entry, if that's the one you wanted of the ones you named. Yeah, it's a good movie. What do you guys think? I think that that's like, out of the ones I named, I, I think that might be like the one that I think is like the best. Yeah, no, that that's... That's not. A, that's a good choice. I, I have a, no issue with it. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I mean, right, again, I'm go Prince of Egypt. I, I have a few shout outs, so y'all can y'all can help me decide which one of these we we need to. Um, Braveheart, which is you know he's okay. kind of he doesn't intend to get going on that, and he kind of gets dragged into it, but it's also a little more of a war epic than a um, straight up adventure. So. One that I think really might deserve to be on this list is Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, because there, and I think Peter Pan is actually on our literature list and it may actually be wind up on our miscellaneous list too. Um, I mean, that's the thing is that is Peter Pan. The thing is though, here's the thing about Peter Pan. Peter Pan was originally written as a play and it was a very influential play. And then the book was written and the book has been massively successful. And then the Disney version has been uh you know just spawned all of this i mean without the disney movie do we still talk about peter pan and i don't know that we do so um you know and, and i think a lot of people don't even know that there is other peter pan besides 
Disney. Um, but a shout out to um, Swiss Family Robinson because it's a such a classic adventure Fair. story. Um, and The Great Escape and Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> I have lots of shout outs. I haven't actually seen Lawrence of Arabia, but everyone talks about it. And I probably should see it. That's probably one that somebody should get on me about not having seen. Um, so I don't know if any of those necessarily need to be on the list. Okay. So here's the other one that I kind of struggled with a little bit was Douglas Fairbanks in the mask of Zorro. An important one. Um, because Zorro is such a, in fact, I, I think I think that that may be my I think that maybe what I'm going to go with is is Douglas Fairbanks and the Mask of Zorro. It's actually I think will be the only silent movie on our list. Yep. Um, but the Mask of Zorro, uh, Zorro of course is, is had lots of different iterations, and I kind of thought that maybe it might wind up being on the um, miscellaneous list because there were a lot of Zorro shorts. Well, there's short, there's serials, there's movies, there's books, there's comics, there's stage plays. But the there's... Mask of Zorro is the earliest film version. Period. Shorts, anything. If I'm not mistaken, right. The only thing that predates that is novels, which is why it's the why Zorro's on our novels list. Um. So I think I think that um again I think that if we make this list without Douglas Fairbanks on it, that's, um that that is fair. Um. And you know, as as I'm thinking through this, Douglas Fairbanks. Okay. So there's actually to make things a little more confusing, there are two Douglas Fairbanks in. Hollywood. And I talked about Douglas Fairbanks a little while ago um, in Gunga Dunn, but that was actually Douglas Fairbanks Jr. was in Gunga Dunn. Douglas Fairbanks Sr. was in The Mask of Zorro. He was a silent film star in the 20s. All right. So is that what you're going to go with for That's your That's what I'm going with. All right. Well, I've kind of got the same thing. I've got a few, and I, I want to hear what y'all think about these, these last entries, because they're a little kind of all over the place um, of course i have captain blood mm-hmm. which is another uh one that i discussed a little bit earlier mm-hmm. in conjunction with adventures of robin hood yeah uh, i've got the thief of baghdad which again is tied to the same thing we you know i discussed it just a minute ago tied to the same things as my fifth choice in the uh 1001 night stories um i've got Ben Hur. Mm, yeah, I mean Ben Hur. That one's and, that one's hard to. And then I've got two modern ones. I've got the Back to the Future franchise, mm-hmm. and I've got Jumanji. Jumanji. Oh man, so mm, many good Jumanji. movies. Mm-hmm. And okay. <laughs> Are there any the, of those that think, y'all think like rise above? I mean, the, the problem I'm having is that some of them were so connected to things that I already put on my list. Yeah. I, I, when I'm thinking about it, like, I'm think, trying to think like what's different. Like, um, 
So I, I kind of threw up Prince of Egypt. It's it's a Bible story. I don't think there were any other Bible stories, well, were there? No, there's not. Now Ben Hur yeah. is and, kind of fits that. It's a the oh, tale okay. of Christ, right? A story of Christ, right? Uh, I would enjoy Back to the Future being on the list just because it's a time travel movie, which is a different aspect of like the adventure. I think that that is like a different thing, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting and, and fits. But I mean, of course this is your, this is your list. Like, please right. feel free to do your last entry how you want. And then if we really want, but the, cause the truth is we can make this 30 movies. Mm-hmm. Ah, so we got to restrain Easily. ourselves. Easily. You know, if I'm going to make the, if I'm going to make the choice on my own, I'm going to have a real hard time. I think I have to choose Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. Um, Go for it. And I, I'm mostly going to say Ben Hur. One, it's a fantastic, <laughs> it's a fantastic story, fantastic movie. It's one of the greatest things Charlton Heston ever did. Uh, but it was filmed in what, 1959? Something like that. And it, the cinematography, it, it was shot in a, it was shot widescreen, mm-hmm. like full widescreen, like a, a 2.76 to 1. That's pretty close to what we're still using. Um, this camera, the camera that they used on this, when you have big epic movies that want to get a certain look to a big scene, they seriously still go pull out the camera. The same exact camera? With. Yes. Wow. Um, it is... It's one of the biggest spectacle movies ever made. Ben-Hur? Yeah. In case anyone's wondering, the 1928 version of Ben-Hur is almost unwatchable. I made my kids watch it one day because I was like, ooh, this is an experience. No, this is this is the version to see. Yeah. Been her. The new one is actually quite good, but it was a mistake to ever try and remake something as iconic as Ben Hur. Yeah, so that it, that's what I'm going to put as number six. And you know, these others, Back to the Future, man, it hurts to leave that off the list. Yeah. Um, is so, there anything that we have on the list that you're looking at, Andrew, and you're thinking like, I could I could do without. I mean, I think that everything on this list deserves to be on it. There hasn't been one thing named tonight that I've been, I, I don't know. Everything on here deserves to be, you know, and for, and for different reasons. And it's one of those things we, we can't fit them all. Um, I mean, because it, it kind of hurts to not put Jumanji on the list. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and you know, we've still got the fan list coming in. We do. I mean, and I, I'm gonna right now. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I, I'm putting my hope in in whoever's listening to this episode that when it gets time for the listeners list, I mean, there's still some great things out there, and you know, I, I think that things like Jumanji and Back to the Future and Captain Blood and and uh, Pinocchio, those, those, those things that are still on my list, the things y'all named off extra, the things, you know, that you named off extra, David, those things are, are still out there to grab. And so I hope our listeners will uh, at least take some of those into consideration. And I can't wait to hear what some of our listeners yeah, come up with. Puts a Superman, I mean, a superhero movie on the list, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
maybe even Christopher Reeve superhero. Like, uh, oh, oh, another shout out. I forgot that. Apollo 13. Yeah. Hmm. Fantastic freaking movie. Uh, and, I, and, I Space love, Odyssey. and I love it because it's, it, it, it's what? 2001, a space odyssey. 2001, a space odyssey is another great one, but I thought Apollo 13 because it's, 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 it's real. Yeah. Which is what I think is so freaking cool about it and would make it so interesting to be on the list. It is a real adventure that people had going in. I mean, obviously, I'm sure some of it's dramatized, but go, uh, real people going into space. Like the ultimate adventure that a real person can take mm-hmm. going into space and, and what they did. And it's also just a fantastic film. Like, just shout out there. So, yeah. Yeah, there's so many great ones that are. And the, that's the thing about the adventure drama is so many of them are so different mm-hmm. that it's like, do you make a super diverse list? Because if we wanted to, we could probably pick 20 movies that are completely different from each other in every single way. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm, I'm happy this was, with this our was list. the hardest list and the most fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, like I said, I can't wait. We're just uh, we're getting real close to our listeners list, so I can't wait to see what they come up with. And next week we'll be doing our miscellaneous list, which if you haven't listened to one of these series before, our miscellaneous list is just meant to be a catch-all to get those things that definitely fit within the genre, whether it be magazines, games. Uh, you know, whether it be physical games or video games or um, music. You know, just music, all those things that just don't quite fit in the previous categories. And so that's what we'll be doing next week. And then we'll follow that immediately with our listeners list where we give our listeners a chance to help us fill in the blanks, those things that we ran out of room for. So unless anybody's got anything to add, I think we're ready to wrap it up for the night. We're done. Think right. we're good. All right. Well, I, I had fun. I hope y'all enjoy our list, and uh, we can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about our choices and, and maybe the things that we forgot. And uh, Marisha, until next time, where can people find you? You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am princesses underscore and underscore padawans on Instagram and ppadawans on Twitter. All right, and David? You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. All right, and you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can check us out at thesciencefictionary.com. You can check out our other podcast where we talk about everything in that galaxy far, far away at Coruscant Radio Underground. You can find us as well as the rest of our Red 5 podcast family over at red5network.com or at red5network on Twitter. And until next time, live long and prosper.